You've been through pre Cana. Maybe you've even said I do. And now what? Welcome to After Cana, a podcast for young couples looking to make it until death do they part. In each episode, we'll share sage wisdom and practical advice from couples who've been married 20 plus years. Except for this one. <laughs> yeah, so we're shaking things up a little bit for season two. <laughs> season two. First of all, welcome to season two. I'm Gabby. And I'm Aixa. We're here today to talk about um, kind of a little recap of season one, some things that really stuck out to us, um, things we want you to have in mind as we enter the new year, and just to start conversations between you and your, you know, significant other, whether they be your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, or, you know, newly your husband or wife. Yeah. And we're also excited to kind of um, give you our personal perspective on these interviews that we've been doing as your hosts. I'm sure you've heard our voices, Um, but we are also kind of in your shoes um, as both newlyweds and formerly engaged people. So we're really excited (laughs) to kind of walk you through our interviews that we've done and kind of looking back at season one and to kind of set the stage for season two. Yeah, super, super excited to be with Aixa. I was thinking it could be fun, Gabby, if we started this episode the way we start kind of all our other episodes, which is giving a little bit of our stories. Um, Oh, love that. Our listeners would love to know. But yeah, tell us about you and your husband. What's the story? How did you guys meet? Okay, so this is so weird to be on the other side of this. Um, (laughs) So my husband and I met um, at the University of Dallas. We so we met through a mutual friend um, my freshman year, his sophomore year. Um, And then I thought he was nice. Nothing really happened. Um, A year goes by. uh, And then if you've ever been to Dallas, you've probably heard of um, Billy Bob's Texas, which is uh, <laughs> interesting for those of us who don't know what that is. Do you mind? Yeah, for those who don't know, it's um, like a country dance hall where they do um, two-stepping, line dancing, all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. It's I think it's the world's biggest hockey talk, maybe, Whoa. which is which impressive. Is cool. Yeah, so I went there with some of my friends. He went there with some of his friends. Um, and kind of on a whim, he asked me to dance and I was like, oh, fun. No biggie. Um, so we danced. We got to talking. It was really great. I thought it was nice and didn't really expect it to go anywhere. And then that same weekend, uh, he hosted a cocktail party at his apartment. Uh, and some of my friends decided to go also totally on a whim. And then that's kind of where we really hit it off. And we ended up talking for like three hours, Whoa. <laughs> um, like late into the, into the early morning. And the next day, um, he asked me to go to mass with him. Green oh. flag. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then after mass. He was like, hey, I want to do this right. Um, like, would, would you go on a date with me? Um, and I was like, yes. And then I went back into my dorm and I literally screamed with all my girlfriends because <laughs> I was so excited. Um, 
So yeah, that was kind of how like we started out. And then we dated for a year uh, and got engaged on our one year anniversary. Um, and Matthew recreated our first date. And that's how he like proposed. So oh. it was really sweet. And I'm a big sentimental gal. So it it definitely meant a lot to me. Um, and then we were engaged for about 10 months. Um, got married in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is a tiny town in Wisconsin, in November of um, 2022. And it was like 10 degrees. <laughs> um, really cold, but really beautiful and the best day ever, obviously. Um, and then soon after we found out we were pregnant with um, our daughter, Rose, and she is a couple months old now. So yeah, it's been a really great first year. Um, we just hit one year in November. So yeah, that's kind of, that's us. But Aixa, what about you? <laughs> tell, tell us the dirty details. <laughs> um, That was a beautiful story. First of all, I love it. I love, I love asking people their story. That probably is, I don't know about you, but that's one of my like favorite parts of the interviews when people get to like look back and tell their stories I love the variants like everyone has different versions of it sometimes they have the same version um but it's Mm -hmm. always with like with so much affection so I love I love sharing my story um and hearing other people's stories but um our story is a little different I met my husband when I was 28 actually we the first first time we met was on um I interviewed him. I was interviewing him um, for a position uh, at the Catholic school that I worked at. I was doing um, marketing and communications and kind of some various other things there. Um, And he interviewed for a teaching position there. Um, Yeah, it was, I, I thought I was being like on the sly like oh my gosh he's like he's kind of cute um and kind of funny <laughs> he had like an offbeat sense of humor that always stood out to me and I thought I was like being real subtle um and then we got off uh or he got off the call and I I met I was meeting with the principal and the pastor who were also on on the first call and the pastor kind of called me out and was like I don't think I've ever hear, heard you giggle on an interview so much oh my um, and I was mortified <laughs> <laughs> absolutely mortified um, when the priest notices ah, okay. <laughs> exactly and I was like oh my god he knows that um I think he's cute um but we didn't um start dating right away we actually worked together um for about six or seven months almost the entire school year um we started we worked together and it was the year that COVID was happening. So we didn't really get to interact. Like normally there are like staff bonding stuff, um, but everything was like super spaced out and everyone like couldn't really hang out. Um, but we we had like kind of a, a pseudo date at first because I lost a bet because <laughs> we were becoming friends and I lost a bet. And um, I thought all my roommates were going to be home and so I was like, yeah, come over and um, watch like Napoleon Dynamite, which is a movie I had never seen before. You oh, so it's so classic. It's it's <laughs> not, it's definitely classic. Um, But so he came over and he always laughs because he came over with a bag of Easter candy and a bottle of wine. 
And I was like, what, what does this mean? <laughs> right. right. Um, but the funny thing was none of my roommates ended up being home, even though I begged them to be home on time. Um, and so it was just kind of like us hanging out in my apartment, um, which until my roommates came home, it wasn't scandalous. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of, I was, I remember calling one of my girlfriends and being very much like, this is not a date. This isn't a date. He's a coworker. Like this is not, not a date. <laughs> I was like, this is not a date. Um, we, it went well, it was fine. Like we watched the movie, my roommates eventually came home and we all like kind of hung out. And then I thought as like things usually go, it's like, eh, like it'll be awkward at work. Like maybe he'll like ask me out to dinner, but I didn't, I didn't really think this was going anywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was like a, a Saturday or a Sunday or no, it was a Saturday. And then that Tuesday at work, he, uh, he asked me out and we went on our first date, like the following or like two weekends after that. Yeah. Yeah. So we dated, we kept as low a profile as we possibly could, um, in a small school. Um, but we dated for about a year and a little over a year before we got engaged, which was another debacle because I caught COVID the week that he was planning on in proposing to me um so his plans were completely (laughs) but the nice thing about that actually I had no idea I was clueless um I knew he had the ring but I didn't know when he was going to propose but it was kind of this like romantic like 10 day span where we couldn't he had to like stand on the street outside my window and like we were on the phone like talking to each other And so very, you know, nostalgic and romantic, um, but it kind of, it actually solidified for both of us in that week that we were like, oh, we want to spend every moment like together. Like th- this person's the one, like I'm standing out under a street lamp. He's standing out under a street lamp on the yeah. phone. People are passing by. Oh, um, that's so sweet. So yeah, we, we got engaged and then we had about a nine month engagement, nine or 10 months, something like that. Um, and we just got married this past June. So, oh, so that this season two is premiering. It's a little over six months. But yeah. Yeah. I love looking back. It's it's so important, you know. I do too. And I think that's why, like, it's actually, for me, it's been really cool doing this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I started it. I was not married yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's been kind of cool to like almost like live through it. Cause in the beginning I was like, oh my gosh, like I can even tell, like, I don't know if you noticed, but like my questions change a little oh, bit. Yeah. Spoiler totally. Um, but I it's been really cool to like start my marriage um almost alongside these couples, like having these like pseudo mentor couple (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's been it's been a really cool journey um and I love I always love that we start with people's stories Mm -hmm. it's the best so kind of like diving into marriage as a whole I mean obviously that's what this podcast is all about but over here um just to like kick us off something that I really loved that um I think it was Matt and Mindy's episode. They they talked about marriage as like a reflection of Christ's love for the church. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you really emphasize that these bonds of marriage that seem like they might be rooted in structure or rules or, you know, different things. Um, they're actually, it's actually one of the most freeing experiences. And I just thought that was so beautiful. Like you're entering into a covenant, which is so sacred, but at the same time, you're able to be free, freely yourself, freely who God made you to be. And, you know, the freedom that comes with finding and living your vocation is just I mean, I, I can feel it even after a year of being married, I can feel it like sanctifying me. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. Except, but... No, I totally agree. I think like it, it almost seems counterintuitive, mm-hmm. like bonds are freeing, like that, that sometimes like doesn't really click. And I think, I think that's actually, that's when people ask me like, oh, how did you know he was the one? I actually point to the fact like on our first date, my first date with my husband, um, I was kind of sassy with him. Um, (laughs) Sassy in a way that like, because normally when you go on like first dates, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure that like, I like put my best foot forward. I want to make sure that like, you know, they only see the best parts of me. And that in the beginning of a relationship, that is kind of how it, how it is. And even in the beginning of like a marriage, that is kind of how it is. Um, On our first date, I kind of like said something sassy and I remember saying it and then thinking to myself, oh gosh, I just talked to him. Like he's like my brother or something like, yeah, like sassy. Someone I've known forever. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of, I pointed out to someone, I was like, I, I felt like I had always known him, like I had known him my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think that came from like, just this sense that I could be myself no matter what. But I think also having um, engagement so like fresh in my mind, yeah. um, it's not easy. Not, I don't want to say like following the rules, but like, you know, you're not supposed to sleep together before marriage. You know, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to like live together. Right. You know, you're not supposed to like, you know, the list goes on yeah. of <laughs> things where you're like, don't do this, don't do that. Like, you know, those are like, it's hard to be a, a good Catholic. Like it's hard. Yeah. I think you have to make that choice so intentionally. It is. It's it's a very intentional choice that doesn't stop after you get like after you go to the altar and oh yeah your vows and then you walk back down and you know you're having fun being married um totally but it's this act of like choosing choosing the good of the other person and I feel like I've heard that in so many of the couples that we've talked to that both you and I have talked to is like it's a choice <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah big time especially in um Matt and Mindy's episode um just this idea that like marriage is the hardest place to be selfish in oh yeah it's the hardest place to kind of hang on to all your little comforts um Mm -hmm. and all your little like things that when you were single you were like of course I could do this of course I can like I can go to bed whenever I want to I can eat dinner whenever I want to I can like go to the store when and however I want to um 
you kind of get to like live as you wish. Um, yeah. And I can only imagine like you have a, you have a newborn now, like yeah. introducing kids into the picture also changes that. Yeah. It's, it's that selflessness, but on a whole nother level, it's like you have this beautiful little person that you, you know, you love more than anything. And I know probably every parent ever has said this, but like, you do not know what that love feels like until you have a child. It's crazy. And um, I think something that's so important to remember when you're like loving on your little babies and just pouring everything into your kids, like your children are a reflection of your love for your husband or your wife, your union. It's, it's the same type of thing as like the mystery of the Trinity, like the union and the love between God, the father and God, the son is so palpable that it literally is a separate person in the Trinity, the Holy spirit. And I like, when I look at my daughter and my husband together, I'm like, I can't even, my heart can't even handle this amount <laughs> of like, love and, and just the grace that comes with both marriage and, and raising a family. It's really hard to love people in the day-to-day sometimes. I know there's like a, there's a Mother Teresa quote that says, she basically says like, it's easier to love someone who's far away from you. Like it's easy to donate a can of food to the food pantry, but it's really hard to love someone in your own home when they're lonely or when they're struggling or, you know, things like that. So I think remembering like the source of, you know, your life together is God. Um, Remembering that, you know, your marriage began with love is like so grounding it, it really helps when you're like washing dishes angrily and you're like, I'm so <laughs> over this. Like it, it really helps to be like, why am I doing this? How can I get through this? And I really think like the grace of the sacrament will take you through like mm. a thousand percent. Um, sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but no, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, it's a great tangent because I think I I remember before I got married, I just kept like whenever I would like voice a like an anxiety to mm-hmm. um like the priest that I was in confession with, he'd be like, "There's yeah. there's grace in the sacrament. There's grace in the sacrament." And I'm like, "What the heck does that mean?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Does that mean I magically like become this like saint? Like does it, like right. magically like the way he like you know." leaves his socks on the floor, just rolls off my back. And I can say like, oh, honey, I love how you do that. Like you're saying <laughs> me. Um, no, that doesn't, spoiler alert, it does not happen that way. But I think it's, it is important to remember why you started. And I think both um, David and Tulane, and then when we interviewed Doug and Shirley as well, mm-hmm. like they talked a lot about like your spouse as another person. I think one of the scariest slash hardest things for me in marriage has been not only like the space and the freedom to be myself, but like actually being myself. Mm -hmm. 
and letting my like my husband be like fully himself because in there there's flaws yeah (laughs) it's so easy to just like let the resentment build up oh yeah you know because yes like you know on your wedding day or like maybe some like super romantic days like on special occasions when you are like really like you're super romantic and you know you're really attentive to each other and you just have all the time in the world to like lavish each other in your love languages like exactly how you want to be loved but majority of the time it's normal life yeah (laughs) and surviving through that not surviving that's probably not the best thing to say um I mean, some days, yeah. Yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> but I mean, just to be like genuine and honest, like some days it's like, yeah, I'm just kind of getting through the day. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like the point is you're still trying. You're still putting in that effort and and knowing that even though this, this day is really hard, I would choose this day with this person Mm. over anything else in the world yeah you know the couples that we interview like some of them I know in real life and some of them I know that like they're not the glowy after Cana couple all the time (laughs) you know that's they're like real people (laughs) right and marriage is and Matt and Mindy touched on this a little bit but it's it's really ordinary it's really, really ordinary. And it's actually like through the sacrament and like through your relationship with God that it becomes this extraordinary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But it's sometimes it's like it, it not sometimes it, it usually is a decent amount of work to keep your marriage going. You're figuring out like sharing a room, sharing a space, like understanding how to like live together. It's it's actually like it should it should be decently hard and I think it was when you interviewed your in-laws when they talked about the two becoming one doesn't happen at the altar and that when I heard that was like mind blown blown. yeah because one of my early frustration well early I I keep on saying early but earlier (laughs) right (laughs) I'm still kind of I'm not even at the one year mark but I was like I I know everything. Like not only did I take pre-cana, but like I have really good formation. Mm-hmm. I like I read books for spiritual reading. I talk to people. Like I I know it all. So why why is it still so hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. So true. So true. I think yeah, I completely feel that. And something that I like took so much solace in going into marriage I so okay so my sister-in-law got me this book as an engagement present um, and it's called the journey of our love Um, and it is a compilation of the letters between Saint Gianna and her husband Pietro Um, it is so beautiful guys like it'll make you cry (laughs) it it definitely made me cry Um, just like reading the beautiful sweet things that they had to say to each other oh my gosh it's yeah definitely a must read for anyone who's like 
considering marriage or married. It's but um, something that I really love because I think we can often um, kind of put saints on a pedestal and, and put like even other couples on a pedestal when we're thinking about our own marriage and we're like, this is so hard for me. Why is it so hard for me? And everyone else is doing so great. In one of the early letters that St. Gianna wrote to um, her soon-to-be husband, she said, Pietro, if only I could tell you all I feel for you, but I can't. You will have to read between the lines. The Lord has truly blessed me. You are the man I wish for, but I often ask myself, will I be worthy of him? Yes, worthy of you, Pietro, because I want so much to make you happy, but I fear not being able to do so, and I often feel I am unable to do anything. When this happens, I ask God, Lord, you see my desire in my goodwill. Supply what is lacking and help me to become the wife and mother you desire, and which I think Pietro wants to. Is that all right, Pietro? I greet you with so, so much love. Your Gianna. Oh. Um, first of all, oh my gosh, so cute. But also, I think it's so, so helpful to know that even someone as holy and beautiful as St. Gianna felt like she was not enough sometimes. And she felt like, am I going to be a good enough wife? Like, do you deserve me? Um, do I deserve you rather? And like, I think that's so, so beautiful. And also kind of touches back to another thing that my mother-in-law uh, said on, on our episode was, um treat your husband like you would treat like your firstborn son like love him with that same like unadulterated affection and and just like gush over him and love him so much because you know he is your number one and even though it's really hard sometimes to feel that way when like I don't know they don't clean up or <laughs> something they, like that. And they miss the obvious details. I feel like that's something that I'm like, it's right there. Can't no, you I know. <laughs> but I think that's so important. And it kind of comes down to like respecting your spouse and like mm. loving, loving and respecting your spouse for like the individual that they are. That is really hard when you live in such close quarters with someone. Yes. You know, like, you know, you know exactly like all the things that they're doing well, but you also know all the things that they're struggling with. It's almost easier to like focus on the negatives at times mm -hmm. and be like, well, he never does that. Or like, he's really missing this. And to maintain that affection. I think that's why I'm, it's all coming together now. I think that's why so many couples recommend like regular date nights yeah because you run the risk of becoming roommates and some yes. people think what's so bad about being roommates I love my roommates like yeah roommates are great but when you're called to love when your vocation is to love your husband mm -hmm. like there's almost with roommates there's a certain amount of like distance like yeah. one of the one of the biggest light bulb moments for me in this past you know this past six seven months that I've been married 
Um, <laughs> it's very different disagreeing with someone when you have to go to sleep next to them. Because oh, when you're roommates, you can like disagree, have a discussion or like get upset with them and just be like, well, I'm just going to shut myself in my room. They go to their room. And then if we're in common spaces, then like if you have an issue with them, it's very easy to like push it off. Right. When it's your spouse, <laughs> you're literally asleep next. Like you share a bed. Your room is their room. And there are very few spaces which are like your own. And this goes back to respect and also bleeds into forgiveness, which I feel like was something else that a lot of people talked about in our interviews. But when you see them at their most vulnerable, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a choice to think of them well you know like it's very easy to be like well I've seen them do this and like this isn't great about them and like they're struggling with this or like they just can't seem to get this right but to actively look at your spouse and be like I'm going to love them like to recall like really nice things that they do for them or I feel like when I do something for my husband like the other night he was super stressed like husband's in grad school finishing up grad school and Mm -hmm. he works full-time he is also just an all-around great human being so he does a lot and he cares a lot about his job yeah and on the one hand I can be like oh he's stressed and anxious and tired therefore he's not doing any housework or like he missed like this obvious thing or he's not Mm -hmm. giving me as much like attention or affection as I want then you like stop and pray for a second and you're like and you do look at him and then you're like oh I have to help him like how do yeah. I make him like feel he better needs me. he needs me we yeah. need, we need each other um, yeah and when you do like those little things like I like to leave him notes and because he leaves really early so I like to leave him like notes in his um mm-hmm. his work bag but I have to like do it strategically and hide them because I'm dramatic um (laughs) but when you're like when you like that's where the grace in the sacrament comes to play where you have this like ability to step out of yourself Mm -hmm. and actually like do something for them then it's like that's that's oftentimes where I feel the affection like come flooding back in yeah that's so good and so true um yeah I feel like all of that kind of plays into some other advice that like I think a couple of people mentioned, but like don't keep score kind of thing. Like it's just hard. It's really hard. Like it's really hard. And um we're obviously not trying to minimize like that struggle, but mm-hmm. to realize that like there are days when you cannot give everything and your husband or your wife will be like literally carrying you through that day um and then there are other days where you need to do that for them but just like knowing that that the other person is gonna pick up the slack and like meet you where you are I think that's what you need to be thinking when you're helping when you're helping your spouse just think like it's almost a little selfish when I say it like this but just think like I'm gonna need I'm gonna need them to help me too Oh yeah. Like, um, and in kind of a similar vein, but like also touching back on forgiveness, like apologizing and, and not making excuses and really saying like, I'm truly sorry. 
and just leaving it there like I think is hard to leave it there <laughs> really hard to leave it there so hard not to qualify and be like I'm sorry but you xyz mm-hmm. but just being like I'm sorry you know I'm not perfect I made a mistake I hurt you and that's not okay I love you anyway let's move on like yeah I think a lot of people would I don't know have more peaceful marriages if like they could master like the art of the true apology and I'm not saying I've mastered it at all <laughs> by the way but I think it's like such an admiral an admirable thing to strive for and um just speaks to like a level of understanding communication and love that like we should all be be searching for hoping for um and like working towards but yeah no I I agree 100 percent like I remember I I forget if it was like right after I got married or soon after I remember having a realization that I was not humble and I was like okay like in my prayer I was like all right Lord like send send me what I need and in my mind I'm thinking like oh like they'll be reading and there will be like nice gentle opportunities to be humble instead Mm -hmm. you get like slapped across the face with like this very like with this very obvious failing yes (laughs) you are not perfect (laughs) like that yeah that realization if there's any if there's ever a place to go to realize that you are not perfect like marriage is your best bet oh yeah (laughs) big time for sure (laughs) and I'm I think I've said this on like past episodes but like my husband was actually the one who like taught me what a proper apology was to apologize without qualifiers and then to accept the apology right because I feel as a woman and I mean I'm sure guys can be this way too but like I can be petty I can be real petty (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it uh-huh. is very easy to just yeah. like to just take something and be like well remember that one time when you didn't do this remember yeah. that one time when you didn't do that it's like well the last time we did this like you didn't know which way we were going you know mm-hmm. you changed <laughs> and, I changed the last three diapers <laughs> right and to really like keep score and there is something beautiful (laughs) but also really like I I feel like the word humbling just comes to mind in terms of like apologies because your spouse does not have to forgive you in the same way that they choose to love you forgiveness is a choice oh true there are times where I can hang on to like the anger or I really like want to let that anger like fuel me and just like you know really fire me up but accepting the apology as soon as it's offered but also like (sighs) apologizing (laughs) as an art form and I do wish that was something that I had like learned sooner and like practiced because even now when I know like all I have to do is like tell my husband that this hurt me I can still be petty and be like, I'm not going to tell him. I'm going to wait for him to notice. Yeah. I'm going to sit here and just be like, 
Yep. And, and then, then he's like, see you like five times. Finally <laughs> tell him. Oh my gosh, that's like my biggest. Thing. Yeah. Like I am so bad about that. Same. And I'm like, I'm fine. And then he's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my husband literally, he was he was giving advice to one of his buddies who's like in a new relationship. And uh he basically said, like, you have to bully women to tell you what's wrong. <laughs> like that's a horrible way to say it, but but also it made me laugh because it's so true that I will literally wait until he's asked me like eight times, mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Are you okay? Please tell me. Like yes, so drag it out of me. <laughs> and that's such a like I think that's so true for so many women, and I'm sure men too, but be charitable to your spouse like tell yeah. them something's wrong um I'm I need to take this medicine myself but <laughs> like tell them tell them when something's be honest be open and then let them like try to fix it like like yeah. um, allow yourself to move on from your anger like it's Ooh. really difficult to do but I think it's like so key and to remember, like, I'm married to this person forever. <laughs> is this worth, you know, me being super angry the next couple days? No, probably not. Unless it's something really big and that does happen. Um, but, like, if it's a day-to-day kind of, like, you didn't take out the trash type of um, argument, it is probably not worth losing, like, your whole piece I feel like all these things about forgiveness is under the qualifier that like your husband or your wife is not like offending you horrendously or yeah, like, there are not serious, like disrespectful things that are going on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, this is more like from the perspective of like in a healthy relationship and when it's yes. small things that are, that you can let go. I think the other thing too, is like knowing when to bring something up. Cause yeah there's another part of me that I don't want to be a burden mm-hmm. and like sometimes I'm afraid to bring up things to my husband that's bothering me mm-hmm. um, and one thing that we've started actually and it was actually because of aftercare <laughs> yeah. um, but we were my husband likes to listen to aftercare now I'm just gonna put that out there another green flag <laughs> another green flag right <laughs> loves it. so shout out to my oh. husband who is listening sorry um, that's my everyone anyway <laughs> go on go on Aisa. <laughs> <laughs> ah the joys of motherhood yes. um I feel like one of the things we've heard over and over is um I think John and Dia Boyle coined it as uh mom and dad time yes uh, and so finding that time alone and maybe when you're like engaged or newlywed and it's just you and your spouse or fiance, um, you're like, well, all the time is mom and dad time. Like we don't have to carve out time. Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> it's in- it's intentional time. Yeah. Right. It's just like, I don't know being both being on your phone next to each other right or like sitting on the couch watching tv unless like unless you like intentionally make like a movie night yes that doesn't or yeah like something we love is like cooking shows 
Oh, because we get super into it and we're like talking the whole time about like, oh my gosh, I want to try this. You know, that like an interactive thing is different, of course. Right. Just like sitting and vegging. But I think so what we actually started doing, which like we're we're doing pretty good. But so we got married on the 17th. Mm -hmm. So we kind of made... And then, you know, we heard after Kane, everyone was like, once a week, once a week. And we're like, I don't know if we can do once a week. Yeah. Uh, so what we've started doing is the 17th of every month, um, we have like a bigger date night. Oh, I love and that. It's a lot of fun because I will say my husband was very good at dates. And one thing we both love like planning stuff. So what we do now is like we alternate months. So he'll have this month and then I'll have this month and we get to kind of like surprise each other, but also like be creative and like do something fun and putting aside that day to like, just for the two of you, even get out of the house, like do something fun and exciting, like get dressed up. But Mm -hmm. also we also use it for um, like, we called them like states of the union. Okay. Um, So we would do one thing that we think we did really well and like what's something that like wow I felt really loved when you did this mm-hmm. and then we also do one thing that you want the other to like work on for the next month um, nice. and it's it sometimes it's like when you speak to me in this tone it really hurts like it's really condescending don't do that or like when you are on your phone all like whenever you're home like I just don't mm-hmm. feel loved or it could just be small things like, hey, you don't put food away in the fridge. Can you remember <laughs> to like make sure you put the food back? Yeah. Or like, hey, you've been kind of slacking on this chore. Like, can you can you make sure that like you really focus on on getting it done? And yeah, obviously, this is with the background of like knowing that my husband loves me and that he wants the best for me and trusting in that because criticism is never fun to hear like it's never fun to take (laughs) yes so to like put it in like a romantic setting almost yeah has been like helpful for us definitely yeah I think yeah something for us that like has really changed the way we communicate too is is like framing things um from the lens of like I really need or like I would I would really appreciate x y or z like like um for my husband for example quality time is definitely his like love language so it's like we don't necessarily have to be like talking for him to feel like fulfilled and get you know gain energy and and like feel like we're we're having a nice time together like we could sit and read together and he would be like a-okay with that and I like really need words of affirmation physical touch like I I really don't feel like we're on the same page unless we've said like we're on the same page Love it. Um, yeah and so yeah we've had I mean we've had our like kind of arguments that have stemmed from those issues but then later when we're not angry or we're not in the heat of the moment like we both have started to feel like we can say like hey like I really need you to respond like this 
I'm having trouble here or like I would really love if you could like say a couple nice things to me every day <laughs> like I know that I know that you feel them like please verbalize them or for him like I just need you to be there for me sometimes mm. like, I don't even need you to say you know to ask me what's wrong I just need you to like be there so yeah. yeah just kind of like gaining an understanding slowly of what the other person needs and like adapting um has been really good for us too and that's so cool mm-hmm. that like and I I don't know how many people think this but I I remember realizing that like my husband and I love it's the same love it's just we do it differently and that we yes. need different things and yeah I think even vocalizing it in that way being like I know I know you love me yeah like I, I understand that I just need I just need a hug <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I just need I need you to tell me you mm-hmm. know um and for my husband and I we've also learned that we process things differently oh yeah you know for for me I'm very much like an internal person so I'll go like inwards and I'll get real quiet and -hmm. I'll be in my head kind of like trying to sort things out and for my husband that makes him panic because he's like she's not saying anything what's going on like she's shutting me out oh my gosh it's stonewalling oh my gosh we're gonna break up like oh my god we're the opposite like I am him (laughs) For sure, really? and Matthew's like, I need a minute. <laughs> yeah, and even I need to be alone for a second and like think. <laughs> no, that's hilarious that we're the opposite. Because like, telling my husband, like I've realized now, if I'm like upset or like stressed out at work or I'm like trying to process something, and we're together, I need to tell him. I'm like, it's not you. Mm-hmm. I am processing something, and yes. for him like when he's upset my instinct is like what I would want and if I'm upset what I would want is for someone to leave me alone to figure it out so I'm I pull back and I'm like he's gonna need a minute but what he actually needs is for me to like lean in so it's almost like counterintuitive (laughs) to like what I would want and so understanding that and learning that and I, I forget which couple mentioned that but like learning I think it was Amanda. I think it was. I think it was like Alex and Amanda talked about Yes, that. that's the couple. Mm-hmm. I think it was Alex and Amanda. They talked about like, it's about learning to love the other well and mm-hmm. learning to like really understand what they need as opposed to like what you need. And yeah, I, I also remember talking to Lupe and Aurelia about this, but like when you're, when you get married older, not that I'm like old, but like when you get married, you know, <laughs> like later on in life mm-hmm. um I feel like I spent so much time like trying to get to know myself and like knowing myself really well yeah which helped which definitely had it per- its perks in marriage but then you get married and you're like oh it's not about me exactly. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not about my needs and like tailoring this relationship to what makes it fit me perfectly it's mm-hmm. actually like I remember talking to um after like 
something after like kind of having an emotional breakdown as women and men do as well every <laughs> once in a while you gotta get a we good know from experience women yeah. definitely do. <laughs> oh yeah i oh, gotta get one in every so often mm-hmm. um my husband would tell me he's like and i'd be like i'm so sorry and i'm like in tears not running yes. down my face and he was like it's actually it's counterintuitive but he's like when you share your like stresses and like when you allow me to like take care of you essentially he's like it actually makes the burden lighter like it's actually not that heavy he's like it's not as heavy as you think it is yeah I think that is the beauty of marriage and the grace of the sacrament um and even there's a little bit of grace before (laughs) before you get married of course of course but just the idea that like it finally made sense that passage in the Bible where Jesus says, like, uh, learn from me for my, what is it? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. But then you love someone and you're like, this burden yeah. is, is, it's easy. It's not that bad. Especially right. when you love the other person madly. Totally. Oh my gosh. That was so, so well put. Oh, thank you. So beautiful. I learned it from After Cana. <laughs> oh my gosh. The best place to learn things. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um yeah. I think a way to wrap this up, again, going back to our roots and really setting up season two well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this has all kind of been I mean, that is what After Cana is, is just a lot of advice, but I think we can offer at least a little bit of advice. <laughs> from what we've learned um to newlywed and engaged couples um Mm -hmm. did you want to take well I can do engaged couples if you want to do newlywed couples since I'm yeah slightly closer to being engaged I haven't haven't made it a year yet so I don't feel super comfortable and I'm not like overqualified for this but (laughs) I will I will give my two cents um so I think like I think the a couple things like the few pieces of advice that have stuck out to me uh, and my husband throughout our first year um, are pieces of advice that are not original at all, um, but are just so good. Um, definitely do not keep score. Like I can't stress that enough. Um, as uh when I interviewed um, Annie and Adam, they talked about this a lot. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and check that out. But um, my husband and I have definitely had a tough year in in regards to life events being a lot um, and being really stressful. Even if our, our relationship has been really amazing and, and great and our marriage has only grown stronger because of those but like it has not been butterflies and daisies um (laughs) life is life is hard and it kind of like definitely knocked us down a peg but another thing that we have just been shown in abundance is that um god always provides Mm. always and um i know that for me it's really easy um, 
it's really easy for me to get in my head to lose hope and that's something that I confess in confession all the time is like I'm not putting my hope in the Lord um I'm letting myself doubt and worry and stress um and I'm not trusting that he'll get me through it but like if I have learned anything from this past year is that like the Lord provides and he provides in abundance so um I know that it's it's hard and it's almost impossible not to ever stress but just to know that like he has your back that's something that I would definitely say yeah what about you Aisa what's your What's your advice for the engaged folks out there? <laughs> for engaged listeners. Um, it's kind of similar advice, just in a slightly different strain. Um, my advice would be carve out time to like keep going on dates. Cause by the time you're engaged, you're like, you're spending all your time together, you know, whether you've been dating for six months or whether you've been dating for like two years it's very easy to get caught up in the wedding. So I would say make sure you're, you still go on dates and make sure you set aside a date at least a week or every other week at some frequency where you're just like, we're not talking about the wedding. We're not talking yeah. about the wedding. We're going to talk about each other. We're going to keep our relationship going um, because it's good training for when things are stressful mm-hmm. to remember that at the heart of this vocation is your marriage and the other person. Um, so I think that was really good training for that. I would also say find the things that are important to you in your wedding. Um, it's very easy to be like, well, we should do this or we have to do this or I have to have, you know, a million things that are Instagrammable mm-hmm. and that everyone like thinks looks cute. Um, keep what's important at the heart of it, which is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mass, like the actual exchanging of the sacrament, like mm-hmm. the vows, that's always like, that's some, I have like my wedding photos right in front of us, but they're right there. And like, that's the most important part at it. Um, and number three, I think I'd say don't get discouraged. It's hard. Yeah. It is really hard to not live together. It's really hard to not sleep together. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. It's so not difficult. bad that you're feeling those urges or that you're like, it would be so much easier even if we just like lived in the same apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I, my husband and I didn't sleep together before we got married and we didn't live together at all, like at all before like not even the week before which I've heard yeah sometimes happens but I none of it and it was fantastic it was like so awesome like entering the sacrament of marriage knowing that like I did it (laughs) you know I did it and that's not to say like if that isn't you that you can't start again but delayed gratification is definitely something (laughs) that you have to learn um it's a good, it's a good engagement's a good time to learn a lot of lessons. So you don't have to learn them on the other side of marriage because it's yeah. already stressful enough. Um, but also enjoy, enjoy the season. And this, well, this is probably for all the listeners, but like enjoy the season that you're in. Mm-hmm. 
because it's so easy to it's so easy to wish you were somewhere else it's so easy to wish that like oh, I wish I was married or like yeah. I wish I had kids I yeah. wish my kids were older I wish my kids were out of the house oh I wish my kids were little again you know it, it's mm-hmm. I wish I had a full house you know it's so easy to to wish you were somewhere else or at a different you know to wish you had something different a bigger house or lived mm-hmm. in a different state or whatever so um and also this is me just giving tons of advice but I remember Heidi and Jerry's episode and Jerry gave great advice (laughs) (laughs) he gave great advice of like you know really really preemptively doing romantic things for your spouse you know find out their love language find out what really makes them like find out what makes them feel loved and like lean into that I think I thought that was great advice too so Now we're going to end our podcast the way we always do with the prayer to Mary, Mother of Ferris Love. Mary, Mother of Ferris Love, you are the mother of Jesus and our mother. Intercede for us with your son as you did at the wedding at Cana. Pray for us, Ferris Mother, to strengthen and bless our families. Help those called to marriage to find their spouse and teach them to love with a pure, selfless love. Accompany parents in the upbringing and education of their children with unconditional love. Help those who have answered the Father's call to the consecrated life or to apostolic celibacy to be generous and faithful to their vocations. Bring peace, unity, and joy to the homes of families that are broken or burdened. Accompany with the warmth of your presence those who are alone. You are the Mater Pulcre Delexionis, the mother of beautiful love. Help us to love as Jesus loves so that we may show each other love full of mercy and forgiveness. May all our affections, may all our love and affections be always faithful, pure, and chaste. Dear Mother, be our refuge in our material and spiritual needs and intercede especially for everyone who's listening to this podcast and everyone who is searching for a spouse, who's newly married, Um, and especially for marriages that are struggling. May we grow in love and come to know true peace and joy now and in the life to come in heaven. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of After Kingdom. If you enjoyed listening, share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.